Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, editor Christian Berg. All right, welcome back to the Bow Hunting Podcast. We are all bow hunting, all the time. And you know, when you're a bow hunter, one thing that is always critical when you're out in the field is concealment. And of course, that means your smell, your sound, but of course, sight and camouflage, and everybody is wearing some kind of camo out there. Although, as we always like to say, you could you could kill a deer in a blue jeans and a t-shirt, but it looks a lot better and feels a lot better to me to have some camo. And I have a guest today, Mr. Scott Estes from Mountain Home, Arkansas. He and Scott is the owner of a brand new camo and apparel company called Vika. Scott, thanks for being with me today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you having me. So Mountain Home, Arkansas, are there actually mountains in Arkansas? <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's a lot of farm ground here on the eastern side, but we actually have some beautiful mountains, you know, the Washtenaw Mountains and the Ozark Mountains. And and here in Mountain Home, you know, as the name indicates, it's uh, it's fairly mountainous and pretty country here. Yeah, and you said you were, I guess that's northern Arkansas. You said you weren't too far from Missouri. and Yeah, we are east to west, right in the middle of the state, north to south. We are all the way up in the top corner, almost to the Missouri line. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the Ozarks because when you said you were close to Missouri, it got me thinking about my old friend Grant Woods, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh, yeah. Growing, oh, yeah. Growing Deer TV, and he's got his big spread there in the Ozarks. And mm -hmm. uh, pretty, pretty good deer hunting that he's built for himself there. There, there. It's kind of a sleeper state down here. Arkansas is not known as a big deer state, and you know, com comparatively, we're not. But every now and then, you'll you'll see a 160, 170, even a 180 slip through here. Well, that is, yeah, that is awesome. And and I'm I'm actually, I mean, you know, of course, I'm eager to talk about your company and and all the new things that you have going. But it's just cool to get somebody from Arkansas because I don't get too many. Uh, what do you call yourselves, Arkansans? <laughs> hillbillies are what most of us call it but, uh, yeah we're yeah. we're more known for duck hunting than deer hunting for sure um but yeah we we, we do have a good deer population here too and do you do you have a lot of wild pigs because of course your mascot for arkansas is the razorbacks yeah we we are and we do i mean they're spotty they're here and there but uh you know we're uh we do have our share of pigs for sure so is there is everybody a razorback fan or is there like competing loyalties there. No, that's one of the neat things about Arkansas is, you know, Arkansas is the the prominent Division One team uh, in the state. You know, we also have, you know, um, Arkansas State over in Jonesboro. But as far as football, basketball, baseball, all of your major sports, the whole state rallies around U of A, you know, over in Fayetteville. And it's it's kind of fun, you know, from, you know, recruiting uh, a fan base, the whole nine yards, everybody rally, rallies around Arkansas. And it's, frustrating at times too because because we are arkansas but uh there's always next year it's kind of turned <laughs> yeah. into a motto there's always next year it's been a minute since you guys were like really really on the top hasn't it um more than a minute <laughs> yeah. and you and of course you don't really have any pro you have no pro teams in arkansas right no no we don't have the population i mean little rock is our biggest city and it's a few hundred thousand so we're now we uh, we we have to pluck from other states to have a a, a pro uh, team to root for. Well, 
anyway, it's uh, yeah, that's cool. And I always enjoy, you know, getting a little bit of information like that. And but I want to dive in because Vika, I mean, like I told you before we started the call today, I've seen your ads and I want to thank you. You know, thank you for for doing some of your marketing with Peterson's bow hunting. And uh, so I've seen some pictures of your stuff, but I honestly don't know anything about Vika. And, you know, I guess I would start it like this because, you know, let's face it, Scott, there's a lot of camo out there nowadays. And geez, camouflage patterns have become almost like broadheads. You know, I always kind of smile when somebody wants to show me a new broadhead because I'm like, there's, you know, there's like, 487 broadheads already out there right like you better have something really good or it's going to be hard you know to carve your niche here and that's the kind of way it seems like with camo nowadays i can remember you know you can too you know 20 years ago 30 years ago it was like there was real tree there was mossy oak and and they pretty much dominated and now it seems like there's dozens and dozens of different patterns and manufacturers so the reason I started that way is because I'm guessing that you must have thought you had something different or better or unique to bring. And that was what prompted you to start Vika. Well, well, yeah, yeah. We uh you always think you can do something better. You know how it is. And and, and you know, I, I do come from the outdoor industry and um fish or um hunting has always been a passion of mine. And and worn lots and lots of camo over the years and been frustrated with lots and lots of camo over the years. And, and so, yeah, we thought we could just put together a better system. Um, and, and so really the way this thing evolved, um, just over time, I just kind of built my passions from hunting into what I want as camo. And, you know, mainly from a bow hunting whitetail deer perspective, it, it's kind of how we focused our camo from the creation of it and the design standpoint. And so, yeah, after years and years of development, um, you know, uh, research, we finally fine tuned what we have. And so we can we can outfit you now from head to toe of uh, the a number of things we focus our camo on. You know, we 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 are a high end camo, um, but we wanted to build the best thing that we could. And it cost money to do that. Um, concealment, obviously, you know, the camel pattern, that was probably the hardest part of all this because it took it took honestly years me working with my graphics design team and and, and figuring out exactly what we wanted and, and finally we came up with the current you know vica camo pattern which is what we're running with now but then on top of that it came down to the garment itself and to me you know in, in years past and i'm not talking you know every manufacturer out there but for most manufacturers over time a hunting jacket was a jacket that was finished in camouflage it, it was not really a piece of hunting equipment whereas what we did is we yeah absolutely finished in camo but we didn't make just a, a, a jacket that was finished in camo. We made a jacket that was designed for hunting. Um, and, you know, from, from the, from the material that we use to the, uh, to the pocket placement, to the durability, the quality, uh, the whole nine yards, we wanted something that was part of the hunting arsenal, not just something that kept you warm out in the woods. And, and so, you know, I think we I think we've achieved that. And uh, we've got stuff, you know, early season, mid season, late season, base layers, footwear, headwear, whole nine yards, um, all based around what's going to help you kill deer. Well, I tell you what I picked up on based on what you were just talking about. And that's this. If I think about some other <clears throat> camo brands that are popular nowadays. I'm just going to throw out two. 
Sitka and Kuyu, those were companies that started with a Western focus mm-hmm. and they really built a good following out West. But then, you know, I, it's funny, i being an Eastern guy myself in Pennsylvania, I always laugh because I'm like, yeah, the Western stuff is cool. But once you grow a little bit, you're going to like wake up one day and realize, you know what? Yeah, this Western stuff is cool, but those those fat ass whitetail guys back east are like eighty five percent of the market. So maybe we ought to start like catering to them. So I right. picked I picked right up on the fact that you said you guys kind of designed your whole line from the whitetail focus. Which I'm like, man, that's right. That's hitting the sweet spot. You start there. That's where the bulk of the market is. And maybe as you guys evolve, you start to maybe do some purpose built stuff geared more for those Western folks, but you're hitting the, you know, the core, the the hunting market there. Yeah. And that's absolutely what we we're trying to do, you know, and, and the two brands you mentioned, obviously stellar brands that have, you know, been extremely innovative in this industry. Um, but their focus is not what our focus was starting out and, and they've grown into other aspects, other avenues. And again, two great camo companies. Um, but yeah, we are 100% whitetail focused. Um, not that our stuff won't work, you know, on an elk hunt, on a hog hunt, you know, on a duck hunt, whatever you want to use it for. But from my design on all these pieces, it was with the uh, with the picture of, of a of somebody sitting in a tree stand, you know, bow hunting whitetail deer. So our gear, you know, it's not going to make any noise when you draw back your bow. It's um, everything about it is designed, like I said earlier, to make you a better deer hunter. Now, I got to ask you this, and then I want to dive into some, you know, specifics and details on your product. But what is Vika? Does that mean anything? How'd you come up with that name? Well, we do get that a lot. Um, Vika is, I, I guess, whatever you want it to mean. What it means to me, you know, when we started the, the, the company, you can see that our pattern, it almost has like a snakeskin appearance to it. We don't really sell ourselves on that, but it's kind of one of the... the uh, the initial layers uh, that we built on top of. And so we started with the name Viper Camo, V-Y-P-E-R. And and so that's kind of how we got started. And, you know, we uh, talked to the trademark attorney. He said, no way, no no way you can do that. And so (laughs) we already had our branding in place, you know, with the V logo. And then I kind of liked the five letters, you know, it was kind of easy. And so what I did is I went with Vika because C-A-H, that's the initials of my three kids, Connor, Ashlyn, and Hunter. So it has some meaning to me and, you know, I mentioned this before we started recording, but naming something is so extremely difficult when you get in this industry and probably any industry because everything is taken. So you make up a word and you learn to love it. Well, I like that, your answer. It made me think of, uh, uh, I'm an old MASH fan. I love to watch MASH (laughs) reruns. And if you remember the guy, right? One of the doctors, BJ Honeycutt and the old, there was a whole episode or they were trying to figure out what BJ means. And his answer was the same as what you said for Vika. What does BJ stand for? He's like, whatever you want it to. And that's a Vika. So, hey, this stuff can be whatever you want it to be, as long as it's helping you to be more successful as a deer hunter. So let's dive in because, you you know, you touched on it already a couple different ways. You talked about the fact that you design this stuff purpose built for whitetail hunters. I, I heard you mention quiet. Um, so talk to me about what 
takes, like you you were talking about that jacket. We don't just take any old jacket and make it with camouflage fabric and call it a hunting jacket. We actually design this stuff from the ground up, you know, with the hunter in mind. So talk to me about some of the different features, the things that you think are, you know, pretty neat. Like you said, things that maybe weren't there in the past that you were unsatisfied or frustrated with that you've been able to remedy because of the things that you've built into Vika. Yeah, and absolutely. And I'll start right there. You know, our, our tagline is silence is deadly. Um, and, and this, you know, years ago, I remember this particular day because it was Thanksgiving morning and, and I, I was uh, bow hunting at, at a property here uh, north of north of our house. And I, I there's a big deer in the area. And, you know, I go to draw back on him and you know, my clothing brushed together and made the sound that we've all experienced in the woods. And that, that whitetail heard that foreign sound. He threw his head up and, and, uh, he, he blew, he busted me. Um, and, and so that's one memory that I've always had just that kind of sticks with me. So, you know, when we, the first thing we did on this is we, we, we came up with the material that we want to do. We went through dozens and dozens of different materials and we finally found the one that basically you can take the you can take the material you can rub it together you can you know so it'll never make a sound so you're drawing back your bow or you're moving in your chair you know you brush up against the, the tree bark behind your whatever it's not going to make any sound so so that was paramount in, in, in what we we're doing but um you know many many more aspects beyond that you know we wanted a suit like i keep saying that was designed to help you uh kill animals and so that to me uh, can be as simple as pocket placement, the way your zippers go up and down. You just imagine yourself sitting in a stand, you know, there, there's there's places you can limit movement by putting pockets in certain places, having pockets of certain size, you know, so you can get your binoculars or your range finders, your call or whatever, they right there accessible. Um, and, and, and then beyond that, um, <clears throat> we have so many features built into this. We have ventilation built in all through our early and even our mid-layer systems. Um, so you know, here in Arkansas, and, and, and most of us can relate to this all, all over the country, um, it's September, I'm already hunting, and, and I'm, it's 90 degrees when I'm out there hunting. You can't make it cool, but you can do everything you can to let your gear breathe. And, and so all our early and mid-season stuff, it's, you know, it's got a, a lot of mesh built into it. It's got a, a lot of zippers built into it to allow access to mesh. So you can zip it up or unzip it. Um, so you have either the warmth or the cool that you need. And then, um, you know, just every feature that we've done is geared, like I said, towards killing animals. And uh, anyway, the, the final gear, early season, mid season, late season, base layers, uh, headgear, we, we've got it all. Um, we don't put hoodies on any of our equipment, uh, except for the uh, the rain gear. Uh, it's just, just kind of another design element that I, I wanted to, I, I think hoodies are cumbersome. You know, they block vision, they create extra movement, extra noise. And so all of our pieces are built without hoods, um, but we have an extensive uh, selection of, of headwear, um, whether it be a mask, whether it be a gator. You know, gator is probably my favorite headwear piece because it's so versatile. You got an early season one, you got a late season one built in with insulation. And, you know, just all these things are instrumental in, uh, you know, aiding you in, 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 in your final goal, which is taking an animal. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's interesting you being down south because like you said you you know i always think here in pennsylvania it's always getting cold is my big concern but for you guys you know we get some hot weather earlier in the season but by by the rut man it's it can be pretty nippy you know i mean it could be 
20 degrees or whatever in the morning and maybe, uh, you know, so staying warm is my concern, but it's good that you have that, you know, to cover everything. I'm sure you've got a bunch of really warm stuff. Oh yeah. Well, we talk about the early season stuff and most people have sense not to get out there and hunt when it's 90 degrees, but that is a really good time to kill a buck because they're very patternful or early season, but yeah, you get into the time of, you know, mid November where the rut's taking place across a large part of the country and even late season. Um, yeah, I mean, warmth is a huge key to keeping you in your stand. And, and, and we, we have, you know, we have multiple late season pieces, again, all quiet, um, you know, base layers, heated vests, heated pants, um, you know, merino wool socks, you know, and I go out to Kansas every year and I've been out there. I remember one trip out there. Um, it, this was the ultimate test for our gear. I hunted for three straight days. Um, and the whole time, I think the highest temperature I saw was like negative two degrees. And that's not counting the 40 mile an hour wind that was blowing in my face the entire time. And anyway, the gear performs, it keeps you out there. Um, the downside to that hunt was I saw one deer in those three days, but, uh, but it was a long, miserable hunt, but you know, the gear was a great test for the gear and it'll keep you warm. So yeah, we talked about early season, but our late season stuff is equally impressive. Now talk to me about the camouflage pattern, because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more to say you mentioned earlier. I guess it was, I don't know if this is the right word, but inspired by, you know, snakeskin, or you said it's got kind of a snakeskin thing. And, yeah. um, but, but I mean, is it, does it have natural elements, you know, sticks and leaves or digital? It, it or, does. You know, it, it's, it's kind of a combination of digital camo and realistic camo with, with, with more of it being the digital camo. And, and, and again, I go back to the snakeskin. I, I really try not to sell that to hard because it almost seems, seems kind of cheesy to me. But when you do look at it, that was the initial layer that I put down for. And then we built over it with layers and layers and layers of other camo elements. Um, but, yeah, there is kind of a snake skin um, base to it. Uh, it's almost like it scales, you know, and that is the master of concealment. You know, the, the, the snakes in the woods, you don't see them. And, and there's a reason for that. But, you know, my, my take on the whole, um, you know, camouflage and concealment thing, we weren't so much trying the, the colors um, to me are somewhat overrated. Uh, what I wanted was a base design that concealed from a deer's vision standpoint, which is going to be, you know, matching tree bark, matching leaves, matching, you know, the natural elements that are in the woods. So when a deer scans that area, you know, he's picking up the gradients to your apparel that are the matching gradients to the woods. And of course we do do colors as well, you know, that blend in the woods you know, we've got a fall season camo, which is your prototypical colors. And this year we just came out with a little more excited about, it. we call it deep woods camo. And it's, it's got a lot, a lot of black in it. Um, and that to me is probably the most underrated color of, of the woods. You know, you hunt, you know, any hunter, you look through the woods and you see black everywhere, especially, you know, early mornings, late afternoons when most of us are hunting. And, and then it's exceptionally good for people hunting out of blinds and things like that, you know. So that's a new one we, we just developed and extremely well received so far. But yeah, black is the, is the prominent color in it. Of course, it's still built in with all the other, you know, components and layers that we have, but just a lot of shading on it. So you guys have two patterns now or, or they're... That's that's correct. We've got our fall camel, which is the one we started with. And this year we added the, what we call the deep woods camel, which is the black, blackish one I just mentioned. So you, what do you call those? It's just a Vika fall and Vika deep woods. That's right. That's right. Gotcha. And you talked about the fact that it took years and years, you know, again, I, I touched on it at the beginning of the show, you know, it's like there was time when there wasn't, you know, a hundred different camel patterns out there. And now 
there literally are. And I know that part of that, let's face it, from a business standpoint, I mean, I'm not saying for you, but just industry-wide, there's a reason that a lot of manufacturers, even retailers like Cabela's and Bass Pro and Academy have developed their own camo patterns. And that's because they don't want to pay licensing fees. But, sure. beyond, but beyond that, you know, what is the impetus for all these camos? And like, you know, everybody thinks that their camo is the greatest. You mentioned that it takes several years, you know, to develop yours. And, you know, what goes into making a, a good camo pattern? And how do you really like test and prove the effectiveness, you know, vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, all the competitors that are out there? Yeah, and, and that's a hard question to answer as far as how you actually prove it. I don't know that there's any method you could actually truly prove it other than just do a lot of research on on what a deer's vision is, on what a deer actually sees, and then and then just use you know real world um, knowledge to to take advantage of that. But you know we talk about camo patterns, and and um, the thing that took the longest for us was um, the development of the actual you know camo pattern. Um, and the reason that took so long is because, you know, number one, ours was a very, very complicated pattern. Um, and I was not going to go to market with it until it was right. And so it literally took us probably 25 different revisions, you know, and that includes different layers, different colors. Um, but it had to, number one, uh, do its part in the woods, which is, you know, master the concealment. And number two, it, it's got to look good too. You know, hunting, say what you might, people want to look good in their camo. And, uh, and, and, and so there is a, fesh, a fashion element involved when you're talking about camo, you know, silly as that may seem. So we wanted something that number one, did its part in the woods. And number two, we want to look good on the shelves too. And, uh, and I feel like what we have does just that. Well, yeah, I mean, they say that it's anything, you know, related to hunting, probably any other pursuit as well it's like you know so much about how it does in the field but also how it looks on the shelf or the rack you <laughs> yeah, know at it, the store put it in a fancy package and sell it that's right yeah and it's unbelievable what you know yeah packaging i mean gosh some of the stuff now you know it's amazing there's as much money in the packaging as there is in the product you know mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you got to stand out it's a dog eat dog world out there yeah, um, that's right so how long has Vika actually been in existence? I mean, I'm just now seeing it for the first time, but have you been around for a little while? Well, we're, we're going into our third year now. And, and, and the first year was just 100%. Let's test our stuff out. So we kind of built a, you know, field staff team, you know, uh, and, and, you know, so we put it out there and, um, just to kind of see how it did. We weren't really trying to push our product, you know, to the masses yet. And, and really after that first year, you know, we sold a fair bit of camo and got a lot of it out there and got a lot of it tested. Um, but we wanted to check the quality. And of course, we, we, we tested all our samples and everything, but you can never get a true test on something until you really get a lot of it out there. And so anyway, that's kind of what year one was about. And everything performed uh, phenomenally. So year two, we just kind of stepped that up and made a few changes. You know, we had a few minor issues here and there, corrected those and and so by the end of year two, we just felt like we had a product that we were ready to run with. So here we are now going into year three. And so now we're trying to really get the word out, pick up our, you know, our marketing campaign. And and uh, we're just excited about what we have to offer. We want to make the whole world know about it now. So what's the business model? I mean, are you guys at retail or do you focus more on like e-commerce and direct to consumer? 
Well, I, I've been down this road before uh, with another company, and I'm a firm believer that uh, you don't go to retail until your brand is ready to go to retail. I feel like our brand is ready to go to retail from the from the aspect of, of quality and uh, you know what it is in the market. But I don't feel like our brand is what it needs to be yet as far as the name. You know, just like you said, you've not heard of the Vika brand before. And, and I think probably the majority of hunters will say the same thing. So this year we are really pushing, pushing, pushing. Because when we do go to retailers, we're kind of hoping to do that maybe next year. We want the brand to be known to make it a more sellable item for the retailer as well. We don't want we don't want them to get out there this year and still be introducing ourselves to the public. That's not fair to the retailer. And, and so next year is kind of our goal. Um, so we're, we're just trying to trying to grow right now. You know, like I said, we're building a field staff. We're trying to really get in with a lot of outfitters around the country and, uh, you know, grow, grow the marketing base and um, just, you know, hard on some influencers to get a, a stronger presence on on um, on social media and, you know, YouTube and similar channels. And so anyway, we're just kind of putting all the pieces in place for where we think we can maybe, you know, really, really grow next year. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, when I travel around the country to hunt, one thing that I like to do if I have time on every trip is to visit a local archery pro shop. Because yeah. I just I just like to talk to the folks from different parts of the country. And I always just ask them, you know, about business and what's selling and things like that. And I didn't know this was going to come up. It's interesting because you can see I've got a Matthews t-shirt on today. But I always ask them, you know, so what brand of bow sells or what brand do you like selling the most? And this is an answer I get often. And people say Matthews. And I say, why do you why do you like Matthews the best? And he said, because the bows sell themselves. In other words, a guy will walk through the front door of a pro shop with a thousand dollars and plunk that down on the counter. And he'll just say, I want the new Matthews set it up. Whereas with some of the other brands, the guy's got to you know, why don't you shoot this one or shoot that one? And I'm telling you why it's a great bow, blah, blah, blah. The marketing really does matter. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And I mean, Absolutely. it's self-serving for me to say, because I'm in the media, right? And 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 we'd love to sell everybody advertising, but it's so true that when you get that message out there, it is really important, Scott, because that brings to your point, you know, you're bringing value to the retailer. If a retailer is a Matthews dealer, there's a certain number of customers who are going to walk through that guy's door every year just because they've already been sold on a product through marketing before they ever set foot in the shop. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's smart the way that you're building, because as you increase that visibility of Vika, more people use it, start to share with their friends and you build that demand. Now, it's not only easier for you to get into those retailers but you're providing a benefit to those retailers, you know, by having your product on their shelf. Well, that's right. And you want the retailers at some point to be coming to be coming to you asking about product instead of you going to the retailers, asking them, you know, to look at your product. And, you know, I think Matthews is a perfect case. I mean, you know, they are, you know, probably the paramount of, uh, of bows and, you know, they do it obviously with quality um, is a huge part of it. And the marketing is good. But I'll tell you what, that company, the company of Matthews, they take care of their people. And that's what's always impressed me with Matthews. I mean, the quality is there. Everything is there. But the number one thing that uh, is kind of falling by the wayside nowadays is customer service. And Matthews has that figured out. So is that your way of 
having me ask about how great your customer service is at FICA? <laughs> well, funny you should ask. No, actually, I'm just giving Matthews a compliment there, but we are strongly customer service oriented and and we will not be outperformed on that. I can almost guarantee that we uh, we take pride in it. Our customers are, our, you know, there's friendships involved there. There's just a way to do business and there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And we're going to we're going to choose the right path every time. Right. And so it sounds like at this point, if people are wanting to check out your product and get some of it, the best way for this year is going to be through your website, I'd imagine. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Our, our, our biggest push right now is, is our website, Vika, which is, you know, V-Y-C-A-H, Vika.com. And uh, so, yeah, you can see all our offerings there. You know, like we keep saying, we, we, we got, got a little bit of everything. Very excited about it. And, and then hopefully, you know, you know, next year we'll, we'll start increasing our, our, our dealer base and, 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 and blow this thing up. Well, let's talk a little bit about your bow hunting, because I know you're an avid bow hunter. And uh, obviously you were telling me, I can't remember, it was I think it was before or after we started recording, but you get some pretty good bucks in, in your neck of the woods. We, we do. We do. I mean, here where I'm at, you know, 140 inches to 150 inches is, you know, realistically about as good as you're going to do. And, um, but you know, I, our season starts on Saturday. I will be on a stand Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon. And, but I'll, I'll travel around, around a lot too, because, uh, you know, I get you know, most of my time around here is trying to get my kids on deer and, uh, which, which, you know, that's a whole different level of enjoyment, but I'll travel around, you know, I, I've already been to, uh, to Kansas. Now that was a muzzleloader hunt. Um, but I'll, I travel all over this year. I'm hoping to do Ohio. I'm going to do Illinois. I'll do Missouri. Um, I will go, uh, <laughs> until my marriage gets on the rocks, which it happens about every November, uh, we will be getting in as many bow hunts as we can until then. So you're, uh, you're pretty much a whitetail fanatic. It sounds like. I am. I mean, I don't know why I didn't grow up hunting because I grew up out West. I actually grew up in, in a little town in Southern Nevada. Um, and so I, hunting didn't, it, it's, I started in my twenties and so I, I feel like I'm making up for lost time, but yeah, I, now I've hunted elk and I, you know, I, I was supposed to have done an Africa hunt this summer. And so I, I love all of it. You know, I've hog hunted and, you know, we, we do some, uh, bird hunting as well, but whitetail is just, I don't know why it's in my blood and I just, I can't get enough of it. Well, you don't have to twist my arm. I agree that you're right. <laughs> you know, and, and and you know, it's funny because I always say that like if if somebody said all you could hunt for the rest of your life is white tails, I'd be very content. You know, I'm a simple yeah. man. And like you, it's like, yeah, I love elk hunting and, and I've killed a few and it's awesome. And like pronghorns are awesome and mule deer, are, it's all awesome. But like white tails, my bread and butter. And uh, I think it's just for me, it's the fact that you know, you can do it so close to home and you can integrate it into your daily life. It's like, oh, you know, because I don't live out West to me, an elk hunt is always a trip and an event. Whereas, whereas deer hunting is like any morning or afternoon that you feel like sneaking out of the office yeah, and getting, yeah. getting into a tree, you know, and, and you have more uh, intimate relationship with it. Cause I got my cameras out and, and all that. And it was funny. You're saying, you're almost apologizing to everyone that a 140 or 150 is as good as it gets. I'm like, buddy, you got to come up here to Pennsylvania. Most <laughs> most Pennsylvania bow hunters will hunt a lifetime and never even see a 140 or a 150. Never mind, kill one. Now, yeah, we get we get a bunch of them every year, right? I mean, there's there's probably a couple dozen or whatever killed annually, but you're talking about a state with almost 
like eight or 900,000 deer hunters and, and a quarter of a million bow hunters. So it's like, yeah, your odds, I, I always say you could hunt like a thousand lifetimes in Pennsylvania and never kill a, a 150. Just yeah, the and that's, you know, every, I kind of, I say I hunt with a filter and that filter is dependent on where I'm hunting at. So, you know, here in Arkansas, you know, I, again, granted, you know, 140 inch deer is a beautiful deer in any state. Um, but, you know, when I go to Kansas, I'm, I'm looking for a, you know, a bigger yep. because they're out there, you know, there's 200 inch deer out there where I'm hunting. Um, Probably but, yeah. not shooting a 140 on day one in Kansas, right? <laughs> well, no, I, I wouldn't think so. But there, again, a 140, especially if you take 140 inch eight point I, all day long. Um, but I don't know what it is about white tail deer. Like what, what you're saying a while ago, you know, it's it's close, it's close to home. But you know, it's a process. You know, it's 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 not just going out and hunting. It's the build up to the hunting. You know, checking the cameras, like I said, doing your scouting, and and just there's just so much that goes into it, and and. And then the reward of seeing that big buck that happens so few times every year. And when you do, there's just, I, I, to me, it's the most exhilarating thing in the woods. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and, and like here in Pennsylvania, if I see a good buck, I always count that probably once per season, I'm going to see a buck that I'd really like to shoot. And that doesn't mean that it's a giant, like 150 inch deer. It's just a really nice Pennsylvania deer. Mm-hmm. And when I when I have that encounter, if I don't get a shot, when that deer walks away, I always tell myself like, cause it's played out. Like this has been my reality. Like that might be it. That, that was the one really nice deer that you saw. Right. And you might, you're, you're probably not going to see another one. And like, you didn't get them killed. And if you do end up shooting a buck, it's going to be like a lesser buck. Cause they, it's just hard to get a, a, a good buck in, in here you know and especially when you're talking about bow hunting seeing a buck is it's just the first part of it there's so many things beyond that that have to go right for you to get that animal on the ground i mean it's a it's a hard endeavor but i think that's why we love it so much you know the the reward is just is is just amazing when you can take one down with a with a bow yeah yeah now i'm going to throw you on the spot here you already you already like threw flowers at matthews do you actually shoot that or are you uh, another bow uh, I actually do shoot a Matthews. Um, for a long time, I shot a Bowtech, and I'm I'm not a brand guy. I don't go looking for a particular brand, um, but I know from experience. You know, I'm friends with the owner of a bow shop down the road here in Mountain Home, and I, I just Matthews has always impressed me with their customer service and just you know just just seem seem like good people. You know, backing it. Oh so yeah, I shoot a Matthews, but you know, I I've I've shot Hoyts, I've shot Bowtechs, and uh, you know, I, I like all of them. I just uh, no, I'm on the. I'm on the same page with you, you know, and like I said, I am wearing the Matthews t-shirt today. I definitely shoot a Matthews, but people, I mean, I always get asked, you know, what's the favorite bow or the best bow? And I'm like, in all honesty, and of course, most of these manufacturers are, are also, you know, we write about their product. They advertise with us. I shoot everybody's bows and there are so many good bows out there now. People think I'm trying to cop out, you know, by not giving them a straight answer, but it's like, the truth is, you know, Matthews is making a great bow. Bowtech's making a great bow. Hoyt's making a great bow. Hey, go to your bow shop, shoot a few of them. Whatever your favorite is, buy it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing that really sold me on Matthews with my local guy this year was, uh, again, I'm going back to a customer service. You know, he, he just told me a few stories where he needed parts. And and uh, with, with some companies, he didn't get the response he was looking for. But with Matthews, they just, you know, 
went above and beyond. And and, and again, I, I have no affiliation with Matthew, so I have no reason to tout them, but they, they, they do, uh, they do have an impressive business model. All right. Now I'm going to give you a chance to educate all of us fellow deer hunters. You travel around to a handful of States every year. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you do outfitted hunts or it's mostly DIY, but what's your what's your little tidbit of deer hunting advice? Maybe something that you've learned over the years, uh, you know, especially when maybe going to a new area or trying to figure things out. I mean, what's been a key or something that's really helped you kill deer or be successful? Well, the, the biggest thing for me, and this more equates to around here, but I think it equates to hunting anywhere. You know, there, there's no magic, magic ingredient to deer hunting. But to me, to kill big deer, you've got to put time in the woods. I mean, it's just to me, it is just that simple. You've got to get out there and hunt. And uh, and some of our schedules allow it more than others do. Um, but, you know, you you can study topo maps and you can do all your homework. And, you know, of course, we do all that. You can be scent free and, you know, do everything you can to help yourself. But what you have to do is be in the woods. And if, if you're not in the woods, you're not killing deer. If you are in the woods, you're just upping your chances for that encounter that we're all looking for. So nothing earth shattering there. I don't know that I educated anybody, but just go hunt. And that's, that's my best advice to anybody. Go hunt in Viking Camel, of course. But, uh, well, we, we, it was funny. We ran an article and I think it was in our October issue, but I could be wrong, but it was one of our recent issues by a guy from Michigan, a, a real good DIY kind of public land deer hunter named uh, Jim Butchard. And he's a, he's a high school teacher up there in Michigan, but I really appreciate him. It wrote an article called seat equity. And that's exactly what you talked about, like sweat equity, seat yeah. equity, like time yeah. in the woods. And, you know, it's not just the successful times, you know, he wrote about different times when, you know, he wasn't successful, but you learned some things. Sure. Uh, you talked about being in Kansas in that miserable weather, the wind and the cold and, you know, only seeing one deer. And I mean, I know you suffered during that hunt, but I mean, I don't know if you learned anything, but I hope you did. Or I hope there was something that you took away from that. Yeah. yeah I learned not to go. I learned not to go hunting when the wind's blowing 40 mile an hour. And it's 10 <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my gosh. And I wrote a story about that uh, a year or two back about all about hunting smarter, not harder, because that is something I've learned. Now, now, I have to be careful because I agree with what you said. And, and, you know, the temptation can be, you know, that I'm getting soft. And I think there is some truth to that as I get older. But it's also true, like you said, like you can go out. Listen, you can go out every 40 mile an hour wind day. And I'm not telling you that you'll never kill a deer in that. But I am telling you that generally speaking, those deer don't like to do a whole lot of moving around in those conditions. So it's like, uh, you know, you want to go hunt and be miserable and surf up in that tree. Okay. But maybe I'll just take a nap and catch you tomorrow, you know, and there is something to be said for that too. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, and, and I've got to, I've got to kind of prioritize my time in the woods, I guess. I can't just go anytime I want to, cause I've got, you know, three kids all playing sports. I've, I've, I've got a, I've got a wife that wants me to limit my hunting time. So, you know, I'm not going to pick a day when, when you know you're going to see limited movement. I want to maximize my time, you know, when, when the moon is right, when the weather is right, when, you know, when, when, pick your days where you're going to go out there and hopefully uh, have yeah. some positive encounters. 
but it's harder it's harder to sit out if you're on a trip you know like you were in kansas when right. you've right. when you've driven you know 8 10 12 hours from home and you have nothing else to do in that state for the next 5 days other than deer hunt it's kind of hard to sit in the motel you know? yeah different deal you're you're kind of dedicated to it then so yeah if i'm on a road trip like that i'll sit out you know daylight to dark and you know it just what else have you got to do at that point and and, yeah. and the deer still move you know it's just uh again you gotta you gotta put your time in well listen scott i tell you what i um uh, i'm gonna be paying a lot more attention to what's going on at vica thanks to this conversation that we had today and i wish you guys the best and uh i hope you kill a couple nice deer this fall and you know keep us posted on what you have going and i hope I hope everybody that listens to the show uh, hops on vica.com and, and checks your stuff out, maybe grabs an outfit or something. I mean, give it a chance. Who doesn't want who doesn't want camo that's going to keep you super quiet and comfortable out there? Yeah, that's right. We, we have worked hard. At. We, we, we hope your listeners will at least check us out. And, you know, and I, I'm happy to answer any questions. You know, my contact information, information is on the website. And I'm very accessible. And anyway, I, I, I just love to talk deer hunting. Uh, and, but yeah, just, just keep an eye on us. Uh, we're, we're doing some good things over here, building a nice camo line, and, and we're excited about it. And, and I've enjoyed today. I appreciate you having me on. Well, there you have it. Get, get yourself some camo from an honest-to-goodness country boy, bow-hunting deer fanatic from Mountain Home, Arkansas. <laughs> thanks scott have a great right, day thank you. thank you so much thanks for downloading the peterson's bow hunting podcast all bow hunting all the time pick up the latest issue of peterson's bow hunting magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com <laughs>